0: This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys.
1: Yeah. Right, here's your host, Joe Caporoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caporoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Uh, not going to talk about football today uh today we are joined by dalbin Osario and dan eason two guys who we've worked with for a long time on this site for dalbin i think it's coming up on 10 years almost Uh, for dan i think it's at least been three or four years at this point um it's uh it's been a really sad scary week uh in this country and uh i wanted to make sure that we publish something you know from our site you know addressing everything that's going on but i think you know, what's important, particularly, you know, for me as, you know, a white guy in this country is to just listen. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, working with Dan and Dolbin that I wanted to just bring them on and let them share their thoughts and their experience with everything that's going on. Um, and, and that's basically it. So I, I'll start it off with how are you guys doing um, and overall and, and you know, where, where are your thoughts and where you're your head at right now?
2: Dan, you want to kick us off?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a weird, it's a weird time. Um, everything was it's really interesting because, like part of me almost wonders if everything coming to a standstill is what's kind of helping people um focus in a little bit more. Um, but like everything was already pretty, you know. <laughs> out of the, out of the, uh, everyone was out of their comfort zone, you know? Um, so it kind of made a room now for, uh, for people to kind of press into this issue right now. Um, despite the fact that, you know, it's been something that's been, uh, you know, pushed by, you know, definitely black people specifically, Uh, if you want to talk about Colin Kaepernick, you want to talk about the various amount of people who have like talked about this in the past, who have mentioned, you know, police brutality and all these things. Uh, like, it's just, it's a very weird time because like, um, it's almost like you're, you're, you're happy that like, okay, great. You know, people are say that they're starting to see this thing that I've been saying is important for for, for a super long time. Um, but it's, it's just so frustrating. (laughs) Um, Uh, But like, yeah, I I think personally the, you know, being able to work from home has been, has been good. Um, They're starting to reopen things and stuff like that. So who knows when, um, you know, I'll be able to you know kind of move around a little bit, but um, it just, it just sucks because, you know, the day to day, there's already fear involved, uh, you know, just as a, as a black man in, Mm -hmm. in, in America, you know, whereas now it's like, Okay, uh, you know, like we can ratchet it up. It's gonna get a little more intense. COVID's already, you know, trying to kill us too. So it's just like, whatever <laughs> at this point, you know, like.
2: Yeah, it's um. I mean, it's it's been an exhausting time, Joe. I mean, Dan kind of hits it on the head, you know, by like, I think this has been, you know, and I jokingly tell my friends, I'm like, these five months have been the longest ten years of our lives. It feels like. <laughs> Like, it just feels like I've aged, you know, Joe, you and I turned 30, Joe, you and I both turned 35 this year, right? Like that, that's accurate. I'm at, Uh, I'm at
1: 33 now, but I'll be at 35 soon.
2: I'm getting there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, but I, I feel 45, Joe. like my, like my body hurts, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, I think for me, and I've shared this story with you guys before my brother was assaulted by six NYPD police officers and I grew up in New York, you know, very much like you guys. And, you know, I live in Maryland now, but like, I grew up in the shadow of Amadou Diallo, you know, and in the shadows of, you know, the Rodney King riots were kind of like a boogeyman story because they happened out West. They didn't happen in New York. Right. Um, You know, I grew up in the era of broken window policing. I grew up in the, in the era of, you know, the war on, on crack. Right. And, and, and all these things. And so for me, to grow up in that era. And I have two family members that are police officers. And I think for me, it's tough for me to reconcile the silence of folks that I consider dear and folks that I consider close. And, you know, Joe, you alluded to this at the beginning. I've been with TOJ for 10 years now. And I've written, you know, and I've had people tear up my writing and say, Oh man, that's crazy that you believe Geno Smith is a good quarterback. Right. Or, Oh man, that sucks that you don't back Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right but there's this commonality because that's us rooting for the same football team but I've said this to folks before on Twitter like the football side of it is one thing right like we root for the same team but that doesn't give license to shut down my experience and my lived truth as a as a man of color in this country right and, you know, Joe, you've given me the platform when I've written sideline pieces about, you know, cap and cap kneeling and, you know, what it means for the Giants to keep a serial abuser on their team. Right. Like you've given me the platform to write those things. And that kind of reminds me a lot, you know, and, and Quincy Jones gave an interview to Vibe a couple of years ago where he talked about how he was on tour with Frank Sinatra. And granted, this is not me saying that I'm Quincy and you're Frank, but let's just go with it for the sake of this analogy and the story. But, uh, they were doing a a tour. And if you remember back then, all the stories we hear, the tours were in restaurants and in lounges, right? And they're doing this tour and Quincy Jones walks up to one of them and the owner of the lounge says, no, we don't let your, your kind doesn't play here. You're not allowed here. And Quincy's like, but I'm with Frank. He's like, no, you're not. There's no way Frank would employ an N word or whatever. So Frank came out and Frank told, Frank, you know, went up to the owner and he was like, you either let him in or this whole thing is canceled and let him in. And so, You've been my Frank Sinatra in that aspect, in the sense of like you've given me this platform and you've never shunned me for it or anything like that. But there's a lot of Jet fans and that that I that we talk to, you know, on Twitter all over the place who think that this shared love of our football team means that I can let you degrade my humanity, and it just it's never going to fly with me on and off social media. And I think, you know, in 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 a in a time like now where Joe, you and I are both dads, right? And you know, you're raising you're raising a, a handsome young man, I'm raising a beautiful baby girl. But we know this. Your son's not going to grow up thinking your son's gonna grow up understanding like what the realities of the world are, right? But as a young, as a as a young Italian baby, as a young light skinned baby, there's gonna be things that he's just not gonna face that my daughter will face. And so that's super scary during this time. I think also knowing that, you know, cops went in didn't execute a a proper warrant and killed Breonna Taylor. That's on my mind. Uh, You know, that Tony, Tony McDade, a trans, a trans man was killed by police in in Miami. That's on my mind. Um, You know, it's not just George Floyd, but George Floyd hearing him cry out for his mom. That's on my mind too, because I think one of the things that tend to stick with me in these conversations is that I've always been worried, man, that I was going to end up a hashtag or something, right? Like I've always been worried. I'm going to end up on somebody's t-shirt and, It's a fear that I know my mother carries even more than I do, because now I'm raising a daughter and I don't want my daughter to grow up without her father. And I go to protests and I've organized marches and I've been there because it's the right thing to do. But I shouldn't have to beg people to value my life. And it's exhausting to have to constantly do that whenever this happens. You know, we've seen some folks and Dan, you know, you've retweeted some of these people too. And Dan and I are big Star Wars fans, right? But like John Boyega clearly has had enough. He's had enough of the, of the, of the, oh, what about Chicago? Or, oh, what about this and that? John Boyega has had enough. And I think about that because Dan and I Dan and I have seen these interactions. We saw it when, when folks would get mad that we would try to give Geno Smith a fair shake. And we saw the coded the coded uh dog whistles that were used to talk about Geno Smith. We saw it when folks would big up Brian Fitzpatrick and call him a real man, right? And we'd be like, Well, what does that mean? And everybody would, you know, oh no, I'm not saying that or whatever, you know? And so It's coded in this fandom, but it's so real, man. And it, it breaks my heart because those are the same folks that now I see them silent or I see them lamenting, oh man, they, they, they've looted this building that solves nothing. And it's like, this is a, like all these things that like these buildings that folks are lamenting being looted are built on stolen land anyway. They're built on land that was taken from Native Americans anyway, so you can't care that much about buildings. You're not an architect an, an architect to care so much about these buildings. That's not it. But what it is is that you have enough people who are hurting and who have seen their humanity constantly invalidated, who are just tired. And I think that's what it is, Joe. I think I'm I'm exhausted. And I'm exhausted of having to continue validating my humanity for folks that just don't see it.
1: When... With everything that's happening, what do you guys think or feel is a productive way or the most, and again, this is going to be a process, but what is the most productive way for people to get involved, to to listen, to contribute for people who um, are disgusted by what's going on and, you know, there's, there's what's going on on social media and there's what's going on in, you know, in the real world. What do you think is the most constructive way for people to get active and get involved in bringing or working towards change that we unquestionably need here overall?
0: Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of amazing collections of uh, of reading, of uh, donations, of uh, uh, links to funds. Uh, there's so many awesome things set up, and I'm sure we can... Uh, you know, find ways to link to those things even after after we record uh, with this recording. But like, there there's there's been an incredible amount of uh, opportunities that people have uh, presented, uh, and it's available all over social media. DA knows uh, a lot of the specifics, um, especially being somebody uh, heavily involved uh, running for office um, in Baltimore. I know like the Bronx Freedom Fund is one that. Um, you know, it's tough for me because I have a lot of connections to South Bronx, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's a ton of things. I feel like donations are good. Um, literature is very good. I feel like people don't want to know, <laughs> um, which I think is kind of part of this issue here is that, uh, and I've had, you know, conversations, uh, with people close to me or, you know, who mm-hmm. I assumed were, where, you know, you could just tell they don't want to know,
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: uh, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to see it, uh, just because, like you know, it, it's yeah. I, I don't. They think they have the choice. You, you know, they do. A lot of them, they do. It's it's like, oh, it, this would never happen to me. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, it, it's happening to me. So, um, you know, if you care, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, tag along. But um, yeah, there there's there's tons of uh, tons of literature that I feel like people need to be able to to read to watch um there's, there's there's so many incredible productions that have been done
2: um just yeah uh yeah people no. needed... yeah go yeah. ahead sorry no i was gonna say yeah no i mean you're you're spot on right i i mean so reclaim the block is an organization in minneapolis that's doing a lot of work around reallocating the city's budget so um you know and somebody had uh, a Kid, I follow, Brian Kramer, who's done a lot of election work here in Montgomery County, he tweeted how New York, New York City spends $7.2 billion, sorry, no, $6.2 billion on their police budget. For, for reference sake, Joe, the seat that I'm running for here in Montgomery County oversees a $2.6 billion budget. That means that New York City spends almost three times as much as Montgomery County, the seventh largest county in the country, Spends on schools. New York spends that on cops. So reclaim the block is a is an organization is a community based organization that's trying to divert funds away from policing. Because also here's the thing, and we should probably you know get rid of some of these myths and misnomers. Now black folks don't hate cops. We don't hate cops. What we do we, we hate we hate an unjust and inequitable policing system, and we hate bad cops. Now there are very few positions in this country. That allow you to be bad at it. Being a policeman is one of those positions that does not allow you to be bad. So when we hear, oh, it's just a few bad apples, policing cannot have any bad apples. You just cannot. Do mistakes happen? Yes. Are, do you know? Do, 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 can can you stand to get some more training? Sure, but bad apples have no place in a in a system that is that is has been designed from its inception to be inequitable. Because if there are more good cops, and Joe, you and I both know cops, right? If there are more good cops, then there should be no bad cops. Because ultimately, the good cops would have sat there and said, "You know what? This isn't good enough. You gotta go." But the fact is, like, when you look at George Floyd's murder, there is one person that murdered him and three people that stood by and idly watched. I'm sorry. That just, that makes you are not a good cop at that point. And this notion that, oh, you know, I can't really do the, the right thing because they're going to blackball me. You know what, then? Maybe that's not what you need to do. So the system as a whole has been poisoned and corrupted by i'm supposed to believe that the system as a whole has been poisoned and corrupted by bad cops and there's so many good cops that just haven't had the chance to speak out no i don't buy that i don't buy that and 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 i think we got we have to get past that because at the end of the day if you're not doing anything to actively change this system because it's the one system we got because we have rapists and pedophiles and murderers out there and we need police to be able to catch these folks right if you're actively just sitting by not even stepping into change and then ultimately, yes, you are to blame. Yeah, You are absolutely to blame. So Reclaim the Block is an organization that does that. There's a lot of bail funds being set up. Also, here's the thing. There's a lot of people that will sit there and they'll say, man, I can't be at protests, or this and that, or this and that. Everybody wins exactly how they're supposed to. There's some people that will win by posting stuff on social media. There's some people that will win by donating cash. There's some people that will win by being at protests. Every, everybody's effort, whatever it is, is needed as we do this. And I think one of the issues that we constantly have is that none of this can be performative. It can't be. It can't just right. be, oh, you know what, let's wait for the let, I'll get it next time. Let's wait for Let's wait for the next for the next innocent person to be killed. No, man. And bad policing impacts white people, too, because nobody wants bad cops in their community. Imagine, Joe, you're coming home one day, coming home to your family and you get robbed at gunpoint. The last thing you want to do is have to question whether a cop is going to do everything that they need to do for you. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to worry about that. When I come home, I want to come home and I want to have a beer. I want to kick my feet up, play with my daughter. I do not want to have to sit here and worry about. Man, you know what? If I call a cop right now because somebody broke into my house, the first thing they're going to think is, "Oh, you know what? That's Dobbin. He's a he's a little colored. He's probably in a gang. Get out of here. I don't need anybody thinking that." And so I think I think we have to we have to get past this performative performativeness of this and realize that everybody has an integral part to play and if you are not committed to tearing down these systems then we don't need you because at the end of the day it's it, it's just it's it's just fool's gold at this point you're just talking at this point but again there's tons of bail funds being set up in multiple cities um Philadelphia has had the most lucrative one they they ended up breaking act blues a single-day donation record because of how many folks donated to Philadelphia folks, and this is to bail out protesters who've been arrested, who've been trying to record the police being excessive with their force. Um, and I think bail funds reclaim my block. Um, the uh, uh, I just shared something on my Instagram if you guys want to go to it where you can write a, a email to the Minneapolis Police Department. And a bunch of their citizen projects to demand that all four officers be arrested. Because again, as of today, only Shelvin has been arrested. The other three have not. I know that minute i know Minneapolis is about to open a civil rights investigation into it. But again, we have a right to demand accountability. At the end of the day, we pay their salaries. It's our taxpayer. It's our taxpayer dollars. And if we refuse to demand accountability now, we're never going to be able to. But reclaim my block, bail funds. And if you go to my Instagram, you'll be able to see how you can uh, demand accountability for the four officers that are responsible for George Floyd's murder. Yeah, and I w- just wanted to,
0: like, make point out really specific uh, productions and things like that that people can look at. 1619 Project, uh, 13th, and just reading up on, like, cases like the Central Park Five. Like, you need to just get the complete picture from the beginning, <laughs> you know, until now, because like it, it really reaches back all the way back to slavery, all the way back to the beginnings of the prison system and things like that. Like you need to have the full picture because like people don't, they, they don't truly understand how like corrupt and <laughs> how deep this goes. Um, Cause it, it's not, it's not something that like what we're going to, you know, figure out and just do, um, you know, with, with a, with a couple of days, you know, <laughs> Just 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 a little bit of uh, a, li- <laughs> a little a, a few posts, you know, get get a few blackout posts, have the corporations put give their blackout posts in their statements, and then up oh, it's solved, we did it, you know, the racisms are gone. Like, nah, <laughs> it's 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 deep, it's part of the structure of everything, it's part of, you know, probably the company that you work at, it's it's yeah. everywhere, you know, it's just like you you don't you don't truly see it until you have the full picture, and uh, yeah, so I really recommend, um, I really recommend watching those reading uh reading 69, 69 project 13th on netflix uh those are absolutely vital i think
1: All the different links and movies and reading you guys' reference, we'll definitely make sure to share out as we as we share this out. Final, you know, just question. We're seeing protests in, I think, last I saw 150, 175 mm-hmm. cities concurrently across the country, unlike really anything we've ever seen, uh, at least in our lifetimes, from a this widespread of protesting in this many cities and areas across our country. It's been, you know, days approaching in a week now there. We've seen peaceful protests. We've seen, you know, some much less peaceful protests depending on, you know, what city you're looking at. There's a constant stream of videos coming through every single day of beyond troubling uh, actions. Uh, What are your, what's your guys' thoughts on how these protests have kind of developed and? Uh, what you're seeing with them day to day, and the narratives that you're seeing with them day to day, because we know those can, you know, be really Im- important in shaping public perception about what's going on.
2: I'll let you take that one, Dan. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: uh, I think it's I think it's really interesting because uh, there's I feel like we just forget all the time. <laughs> like I feel like. People just, we just forget. Um, Yeah, I think that we're, I I get the people that kind of feel like they need to share things that, you know, are hopeful, uh, share things that are super positive. Like, I'm a positive person. Uh, I mean, I I really feel like nobody would guess that though, (laughs) based on my Twitter account. Uh, But uh, I actually am very a very positive person in real life. Um, but like you, you cannot uh, you cannot look away from uh, just the terrible things that are going on. Um, like it's it's hard to see uh, you know a video of like, oh, look, this is this is what the world needs. Um, this kid's handing a water bottle to a cup. You know, this is what the world needs. Everything should be like this uh, keep hope. This is it. You know, this is how we're going to do it. Uh, you know, and then buried deep in the annals, uh, is a pregnant woman getting shot at a protest with a wooden bullet and like wondering if she lost her kid, um, or like (laughs) a car running into a bunch of protesters, um, you know, and everyone's just like, well, I guess that's happening. Let me look for the positive post, you know, like, (laughs) um, like it's not positive there. This is, it's a, you know, this is legit. This is what's happening. Like dig into what's really happening. If, if it's happening, it's happening. If not, everything's positive. Not everything's positive. That is what it is. Like, I feel like, uh, everyone thinks that the media is twisting this, the media is twisting something media, twisting, twisting, twisting. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this is, this is what, you know, we, this is the contract we signed when social media became a thing is that, you know, we would, we would really be seeing things in real time and everyone has an account everyone's just taking video straight up, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. you know, whether, uh, you know, people want to see it or not is up to them. But like a lot of these things are, are, are all real things. Like, it's not like we can't just reject what's happening. And I feel like a lot of it is like kind of the, what happened with the LA riots in that people Mm -hmm. didn't like what they saw. So they, they just didn't want, you know, to act like it ever really happened. And a lot of that, is still, like, festering in L.A. A lot of that is still festering across the country of just, like, distrust, uh, you know, bad relations uh, between races and bad relations um, with policing just because, you know, those things weren't resolved. Mm-hmm. It's just that, it you know, people got suckered out. It ended. And then, you know, eventually things got somewhat normal. But, you know, people were still pretty damn angry. So... Um, yeah you know, like we can't just act like, you know, these past things haven't happened and act like there's no precedent because there is a precedent. It's been like this, you know, this is how it is. This is how the cops, you know, escalate with riots and, and, you know, whether some things are honest or not in terms of uh, property damage and things like that, you know, it's, it's, it's always been like this. This is how it's always been. It's not a surprise anymore. We know that it's corrupted. We know that Mm -hmm. there's a problem with police brutality, which is the, the truth in it. It's the one thing that's always been true throughout all of this and we just can't let all these random little things that always happen constantly when we're having riots and protests about racism and police brutality, you know, there's a common thread and we just ignore the thread and we look at everything else.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think when I think back to, you know, and I tweeted this out earlier, Joe, when Martin Luther King was murdered, uh, we our for our generation, you know, our parents generations, they marched for 50, they protested for 53 days, but on the sixth day after mlk was murdered the civil rights act was passed right and so i think what you what you're going to start to see is a shift from not just protesting but tangible actions being asked for right and you know we have we have a very important election coming up in november and you know and 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 i think you know I think I can speak for all three of us when I say that the current president is a, you know, is a failure or whatever, and the the, tan- the, the tangible step at the end of it has to be to vote him out. But it also has to be making sure that we have, you know, legislation, that we push for legislation that, you know, sets a standard of, of, ap- of, 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 Actual force that you can use as a police officer, it's making sure that we are pushing for for municipalities and states to defund the police to to a point where you can then invest that money elsewhere. you can invest it in education and health services, et cetera, et cetera, because we always talk about and Joe, I'm sure you've heard this, you know because you know Italians and Dominicans have a lot of the same proverbs, Dan you've heard this because Nigerians do it too. Everybody always says when you have kids, it takes a village, right? But if it really takes a village, what are we doing to create these healthy villages? And it is not by putting more cops on the street. And so I think you're going to start to see a lot more of these tangible steps coming out of it. You know, one of the things that I've told a lot of my racial justice friends is, you know, even as we've been preparing for my primary tonight, like we've been still organizing and getting ready. You know, the folks that were welcomed into that, into that DC man's home there, those are my people. You know what I'm saying? They were out in DC protesting and they, and he opened their door and kept them in there to get them away from the police. And so we've been preparing for a lot of this. This isn't new to us, like Dan said. Um, But I will leave folks with this, man. I think, imagine, you know, you were walking down the street, you know, and you and your, you and your child are walking down the street And you and your child are walking down the street and somehow you guys get separated. Right. And you get you get split up and suddenly a mass crowd, you know, descends upon where you are. And now you can't find your child. Right. So now you can't find your child. You're trying to get through the crowd to get to your child. And suddenly you see a police officer in front of your child. What's your reaction when that happens? Are, do you feel do you feel glad that, that the police officer found your child? Are you like, oh man, thank God, officer, you found my kid? If you're glad, now now what I'm gonna ask you to do is imagine that your child is black. Because I'll tell you this: my biggest fear, Joe, is losing my daughter in a mall and having a police officer find her and and, and end up having it be the most traumatic incident that she has as a child. And I think I I Part of me wants folks to understand just how real that is, because that's the fear that Dan's parents grew up with. That's the fear that my mom grew up with. When my brother was assaulted, man, they were saying that my brother stole a car. They were accusing him of grand larceny. My brother had an ankle brace and had crutches and was and was molly by six police officers, man. He got the crap beaten out of him by six police officers. And ever since that day, my brother has not been able to talk about it. My brother has not been able, my, my brother can my brother can't get comfortable around police officers. And to this day, my brother carries that trauma. The same way Dan and I carry the trauma of our of our brothers and sisters brought here in whips and chains and beaten and treated like property. So to see us come as far as we have, to still have to, again, validate our humanity and have to protest and protest not because we not because we're asking for money or because we want a handout but we are protesting because we want the police to stop killing us that's our reality right now so i think i think you'll start to see more tangible steps come out of it i know i've been talking to folks and you know our our hope is that the the tangible steps are met because one thing we have is we will protest for the next 55 days if we have to you know, to make sure that everybody hears our voice and that we get exactly the, the reparations that we need. Cause this is, it's, it's terrible, man. It cannot keep happening.
1: I appreciate you guys, uh, taking the time to talk today and, you know, get, get your perspective out there and we will share through all the, the links that you guys referenced. And, um, you know, I hope everybody is, you know, staying safe out there and is having some tough conversations that I think we all need to have. Um, and, uh, you know, let's just, you know, keep hoping and keep working towards a better overall situation uh, for this country across the board. So, Dan, Dalbin, thank you guys again. Uh, always appreciate your guys' perspective and appreciate everything you've uh, contributed to our site over the years. And everyone will be back next week with a new episode.